Welcome to History Conspiracy Podcast, where we provide the audio and you decide whether it's history or conspiracy. This is live coverage of the 1968 California Democratic primary for president and the murder of Robert Kennedy. This is a CBS News special report on the California primary. Here is Walter Cronkite. Good evening. The polls have just closed in California's presidential primary, and a special CBS News survey of voters leaving the polling places indicates that Senator Robert F. Kennedy is leading solidly in the Democratic race with almost 50% of the vote. He's ahead of Senator Eugene McCarthy by about 6 to 10 percentage points. Governor Ronald Reagan, of course, is unopposed on the Republican presidential ballot, but a surprisingly tight race is developing in the primary for the Republican Senate nomination. The special CBS News survey shows incumbent Senator Thomas Kiko locked in a neck-and-neck battle with conservative Mac Rafferty, with each of them getting just under 50%. And in the South Dakota primary, Senator Kennedy won easily over a slate running under President Johnson's name and pledged to native son, Vice President Hubert Humphrey, and also over the slate supporting Senator Eugene McCarthy running third. Now for direct results on the big battle in California, Let's switch to the Kennedy and the McCarthy headquarters. First, Roger Mudd at the Kennedy headquarters. Walter, this uh, bedlam that you uh, hear now is uh, the result of your announcing that uh, Kennedy is running with just under 50% of the vote. We've just begun to start here, and obviously the mood is a lot different than it was a week ago in Oregon. Good crowd here in the embassy room. Back over my left shoulder is uh, Pierre Salinger in a little dark room, a dark corner, counting ballots, and obviously a happy face. Uh, last week he was saying uh, this is going to be a long night. There's a blue blower band over here that's playing when the Saints go marching in. The senator is on his way into the hotel. He spent the day in Malibu, and obviously he's got better news tonight than he had a week ago. Now to David Dick at McCarthy headquarters. Just a little while ago, they opened the doors of the Beverly Hilton Grand Ballroom, and the crowd pushed in, carrying McCarthy signs, wearing McCarthy hats, the girls wearing McCarthy campaign dresses, and plenty of balloons to go around, red, white, and blue. This crowd tonight seems apprehensive. It has heard the reports of the polls showing McCarthy trailing Kennedy, but the McCarthy supporters keep coming in with anticipation and with hope. We'll be back in less than half an hour over most of these stations with a special report on the California primary. Now let's get direct reports from the Kennedy and McCarthy headquarters in California. First, Roger Mudd. What's the mood of the Kennedy uh, people out there, Roger? The only other thing they need here, Walter, is for Don Drysdale to pitch his sixth straight shutout for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We've got all the enthusiasm here that failed to ignite after Oregon. Jumping, shouting, clapping, snake lines, and Congo chains. And if Kennedy's predicted victory margin holds at 49 or 50 percent, 
The adrenaline will be pumping tonight. Roger Mutz, CBS News, Los Angeles. And now to McCarthy headquarters. David Schumacher. How would you describe the mood there, David? Well, Walter, the uh, celebration is, let us say, tentative. They're still hoping that somehow the momentum that McCarthy was building in the last four days of his campaign might yet pay off. But McCarthy's supporters, especially his younger supporters, have been around too long now to really believe that. The feeling here is that they ran a good race, but not good enough to guess that there was just too little time and too little money to make the Oregon victory pay off in California. David Schumacher at the McCarthy headquarters. Well, as we said a moment ago, the count may be rather slow from California tonight. The voting out there offers unusual complexities, not only in the manner of counting this year for the first time, but in the very process of balloting. CBS News correspondent Mike Wallace at our studios here can perhaps give us a little explanation of that voting and the way it's being tallied. The right? actual uh, vote tabulation, Walter, is going to be extremely slow tonight in California. A large part of the state, including the 7,000 precincts in Los Angeles County, are using new automated voting equipment where the ballots are counted by computers. Now, although on the face of it, that would seem to indicate a faster count, the fact is that the new voting system is going to be slower in the count. After the polls close, the ballots must be shipped by truck from the precinct to the computer center. In Los Angeles, that means that ballot boxes from 7,000 precincts have to be trucked to a computer center in downtown Los Angeles and then fed into the computers one at a time, one precinct at a time, until all 7,000 precincts have been counted. However, in spite of the slow count, and the count is going to be slow throughout the entire state, it's possible for us at CBS News to provide an estimate of the final outcome soon after the polls close, and here's how that CBS News estimate works. After researching past voting information for every precinct in California, we chose a representative sample of 89 precincts, which together represent closely the way the state votes as a whole. As soon as returns are available from those 89 precincts, they're phoned to us here at CBS News Election Headquarters, where they're processed, and an estimate of the final statewide outcome is made. Thus, we can report quite clearly on how the race is likely to end up. We can also categorize each of those 89 precincts by where they are and what kind of voters live in them, giving us the ability to analyze the vote by areas, by income groups, and by ethnic breakdowns. And my colleague, Joseph Benty, will be reporting the results of that analysis later in the broadcast. Walter? And we'll be back in a moment with more on Campaign 68, the California primary. A slow count in the California primary, crucial to both Senators McCarthy and Kennedy, and there is still less than 1% of the vote counted. At this point, I think we ought to bring up some of the major questions raised in this uh, California campaign. And we'll put them to the correspondents who've been covering this campaign throughout. First, uh, Roger Mudd. Roger, how important is a victory in California to Senator Kennedy, the man you've been covering, his future? Walter, you can't believe how important it is to him. He's uh, said if he loses here, or has indicated if he loses here, he'll drop out. It uh, does not look like he'll lose here, and if he goes over 50%, which... Uh, is a distinct possibility tonight. It will give him a momentum that uh, he lost in Oregon and uh, that he never picked up in Indiana. That was a, a, a marginal win, but this would uh, give him uh, an impetus that uh, could, uh, at least for the time being, uh, hold off Hubert Humphrey until he got to Chicago. It's crucial for him. Roger, at uh, the moment, according to that CBS poll of those leaving the polling place, he's going to come out with a victory there. But uh, uh, if he does not, uh, what about this uh, 
this threat to possibly withdraw from the race if he were defeated in California. Think you carry that out? Well, that was a strange statement he gave at the Los Angeles airport uh, Wednesday after Oregon. He said uh, he would abide by the results. He never said flatly he would drop out. That was the uh, widely held assumption. If he drops out, it would mean that, he, in effect, he would be uh, handing the nomination to Hubert Humphrey. So uh, it is profitable to speculate that even if he uh, loses tonight, uh, it is not uh, automatic that he would drop out. If he stays in, uh, he is contributing to holding off the nomination going to Humphrey. So I don't uh, look for an automatic dropout if uh, Mr. Kennedy loses tonight. McCarthy people might uh, debate that point that if he dropped out, it would automatically be handed to Humphrey. What about that, David Shoemaker? You've been with the McCarthy campaign from the cold winds of New Hampshire out there to the balmy California. It's, uh, it's a little too early in the evening yet for nostalgia, I think, Walter. Uh, Walter, uh, Senator McCarthy has been in the position all along, and an enviable one, really, for a politician. No one expected him to do very well any place. And so almost any showing is a moral victory, I guess, of some sort. But it's getting pretty late in the primary uh, races now to count moral victories. Uh, he did have to win here uh, to uh, generate the kind of momentum he, he was going to need if uh, he was going to start to break loose those delegates. Uh, this undoubtedly is a setback. What do you think he'll do uh, if the final result shows he's lost in California? Uh, Waller, I'm sure he'll do what he said he's going to do all along, and that is stay in it right through the convention. And uh, he'll make another try there. He points out uh, whenever he can that he is the Democrats still in the polls who run strongest against a Republican candidate. And he will try to emphasize that. He also, according to other polls, is everyone's second choice. So it is not inconceivable that if Robert Kennedy uh, goes in against Hubert Humphrey and, and is uh, able to, let's say, shake him but not knock him off, that uh, it could yet fall to Eugene McCarthy. How's McCarthy going after those delegates? What, what, can he, what can he say to them now after the campaigns in the primaries? Well, Waller, I think he uh, says uh, just what I uh, said the, the poll showed. That is that he's the uh, strongest Democrat against a Republican nominee. He feels that these are practical politicians. They want to win. He thinks, too, that the delegate count is of people who favor Humphrey but are not pledged to him, that is, not pledged to Humphrey in blood, and that they might come away. Meanwhile, his uh, young supporters are going to uh, mount a sort of nationwide canvas, uh, New Hampshire, but on a larger scale, hoping to make McCarthy what uh, one of the young people called a folk hero, and uh, to see if the combination of the two efforts, McCarthy's and the young people's effort, uh, can't yet pull this one out for him. Thank you, gentlemen. Two percent of the vote in, in California. Uh, we have Kennedy with 40 percent of the vote. Uh, Senator McCarthy's slate with 46 percent of the vote. And a slate for Thomas Lynch, the Attorney General, the highest elected uh, Democratic official in California, who leads an organization slate officially unpledged, but basically for Humphrey, it is believed, majority for Humphrey, with only 13 percent. We have a call here from the vote profile analysis at CBS for Senator Kennedy, that Senator Kennedy will win in California when all of the votes have been counted, based on our sample precincts and the results in those precincts projected to the state as a whole. Senator Kennedy will be the victor in California. We believe that the final totals will be Kennedy 48%, Senator McCarthy 41%, and the slate of Thomas Lynch, the pro-Humphrey slate, primarily 11%.
48% for Kennedy, 41% for McCarthy, a 7% spread according to our first vote profile analysis projection of the final results in California. I'd like to go now to back to our uh, correspondents who we have standing by and we're asking about the results of this race in California and the effect on the candidates. Martin Agronsky is there in our Washington studio and he's been following Hubert Humphrey's campaign throughout. Martin, what do you think this result in California will mean to the Humphrey campaign? Well, I think that they're going to be rather disappointed that Kennedy is winning as big as he appears to be winning. They would have been ecstatic, obviously, if there had been a standoff and it hasn't come off. Um, I think that they feel that they're still in a race. And I remember so clearly a couple of days ago flying with the vice president. I think we were coming, going to Gettysburg and uh, talked to him about the prospects in California. He said he didn't in any sense count out uh, Senator Kennedy and that the way he felt about the whole prospect that he saw in the future was that he would believe that he'd have the nomination the day he got up there and made the acceptance speech. Well, uh, uh, Martin, uh, with Humphrey, with, with this, with this uh, result in California tonight, uh, apparently, of Senator Kennedy coming out uh, strongly from the California race, uh, how does uh, how does Vice President Humphrey think that uh, Kennedy could put together a serious threat to him? Well, he doesn't really believe that practically it's going to be possible for Senator Kennedy to take away the delegates that Humphrey thinks that he has, and he feels he already has a sufficient number to win the nomination. Nevertheless, he doesn't count out the prospect that a bad turn in the war in Vietnam or real trouble in the streets of these cities, a bad outbreak in the racial riots throughout the country could turn adversely against him, that Senator Kennedy might well be able to exploit that, that he could conceivably start the kind of a popular movement that he could run into a bandwagon perhaps and still present a real threat. He simply will not count Senator Kennedy out. Martin, uh, has uh, Vice President Humphrey expressed any possibility of putting together a coalition with the loser of the California race? The Vice President's been very careful not to make any expression about that particular prospect, but certainly the Humphrey people have long felt that the best thing they could possibly do, the dream ticket as far as they're concerned, would be a ticket in which Senator Robert Kennedy would be Mr. Humphrey's running mate. Now, uh, that has not been proposed. Uh, I don't intend to indicate that it has been in any way, but certainly it's what they think about, think about very seriously. And there has also been proposals from some of uh, Mr. Humphrey's closest uh, southern advisors and experts, and in fact, uh, Governor Connolly of Texas and uh, Senator Long of Louisiana have both made the observation that the ideal running mate for Mr. Humphrey could be Senator Edward Kennedy of Massachusetts rather than his brother because of the animosity that Robert Kennedy arouses in the South. Thank you, Martin. We'll be back in a moment with more on Campaign 68, the California primary. Let's take a close look at a new padded bra by Playtex. It's the closest thing to you yet. See? Playtex put a new softer fiber inside. It's just like natural softness. Stays soft. Can't shift. Can't bunch up. Even after machine washing. So it always stays soft and natural. 
It's the closest thing to you yet. New Playtex, Softline, Padded Bra. That's the hard way to be firm and flatter. The easy way, the firm and flatter Lycra girdle by Playtex. Firms and flatters as no other girdle can. The exclusive V-construction exercises two firming, flattering forces. These elastic V-bands lift your tummy in. These elastic bands keep your waistline thin. You're firmer, you're flatter in the Playtex firm and flatter girdle made with Lycra. CBS News vote profile analysis believes that by the time all of the votes are counted and they've just begun counting in California tonight, Senator Kennedy will have won the California primary with 48% of the vote. Senator Eugene McCarthy's slate will have 41% of the vote and a slate unpledged officially uh, led by Tom Lynch, the state attorney general, 11% of the vote. Now let's return to Senator McCarthy's headquarters for a report from David Schumacher. David? Well, Walter, uh, here they're analyzing just what went wrong, and I guess we could sum it up this way, that after Oregon was pulled out of the fire, there was just not time nor money enough to exploit the victory here. Scheduling in California was bad. Too much time was spent in the Los Angeles area, which McCarthy had no chance of carrying. The organization in California was spotty, effective some places, not so effective in others. There was not enough money available for the young people's canvas. They reached only about 30% of California's registered Democrats. And McCarthy's television, only a fourth of Kennedy's until the last days of the campaign, uh, just didn't start early enough. Finally, California is a big state, and McCarthy just couldn't get their attention, uh, particularly on a Memorial Day weekend. View from the ballroom now, David Dick is there with the McCarthy supporters. Well, David, the mood of the crowd down here in the grand ballroom of the Beverly Hilton is quite different from the one in the Elks Club ballroom up in Portland, Oregon, one week ago. Victory was in the air in Portland, Oregon, but here in Beverly Hills tonight, there is uncertainty. And one thing that is missing is spontaneity. There's a conscious effort tonight to create excitement. As television star Carl Reiner told the crowd a little while ago, we're going to try desperately to make a long evening seem short. He read some selected returns favorable to McCarthy, and the crowd snapped alive. So now there are acts upon the stage, Shelley Mann's band, TV star Pat Paulson, uh, movie star Donna Reed, lots of balloons, and of course, McCarthy signs, McCarthy dresses. But underneath it all, the concern that all is not well in Beverly Hills tonight. David? Right, David. Uh, and uh, Walter, we'll go back to you now, and I think Senator McCarthy will be here in just a few moments. We'll come back when he does. David Schumacher, let's swing over right now to the Kennedy headquarters for a report from Terry Drinkwater. Walter, just like the television people, the Kennedy men have their own anchor control position. This is it. Back there in the crowd someplace, Pierre Salinger on the phone. He's running the show, getting returns from all over the state, and talking with the candidate who's upstairs in the hotel now in the royal suite, waiting like everyone else. Even with all the happy commotion, this is about as organized a victory as a victory celebration can be. Television sets, cheers, chants, VIP treatment for everyone. People here are already congratulating each other. A fine example of the efficient Kennedy style in California. All of the candidates' closest advisors are wandering in and out, and at this point, they seem about as happy as they could possibly be. One of those advisors is Theodore Sorensen, who is here 
backed up against a hotel fountain. Uh, Mr. Sorensen, if you'll accept the uh, CBS projection that the senator will win in California by something around 50%, can we proceed from there and ask you why he did as well as he appears to be doing? I think the returns in California, if your projection holds up, combined with the returns in South Dakota, demonstrate as nothing else could that Senator Kennedy's appeal is to all segments of the Democratic Party. I think the debate and his showing in the debate helped add impetus to these last few days of the California campaign. Well, I thought the general feeling after the debate was that, that it was inconclusive. Is something going to change your mind about that? The returns are changing my mind if is. they hold up, because as you pointed out earlier this evening, the undecided vote usually goes heavily against Senator Kennedy, because he's already well known. If they haven't made up their minds for him already, they're not likely to make up their minds favorably. But I believe the debate, if we are getting around 50 or 48 percent of the vote, must have shifted a lot of undecided voters towards Senator Kennedy. Well, everybody now agrees that this win is a, a great shot in the arm and is crucial, and he had to make it. But just what prospects are there that your man can go into Chicago strong enough to hold off uh, Hubert Humphrey? Prospects are very good now, Roger, if we win here in California. The next big test is New York. But that is Senator Kennedy's state. The enlarged delegates will certainly be for Senator Kennedy. And the great bulk of the district delegates should be elected for Senator Kennedy. It's interesting to note that in the history of modern politics, no candidate ever started out on the first ballot in either convention with both New York and California and lost. And on the other hand, Vice President Humphrey ought to realize that no candidate ever started out and failed to get both California and New York and then went on to win the nomination. Well, you're so I think we're in good shape. Great reader of history, Mr. Sorensen. Uh, uh, but uh, do you now expect that this win in California will result in a further delay of the big city politicians waiting, waiting? You're sweating out Mayor Daley, aren't you? I think Mayor Daley and the others are properly going to wait until the convention itself. That's my best guess. Bob Kennedy has now demonstrated that he is the choice of rank-and-file Democrats all over the country. Since presidential primaries first began in 1912, in all but two instances, our party has nominated the man who did the best at the primary level. I think we're going to do that again this year. Senator Kennedy had claimed earlier tonight that his victory in South Dakota over uh, a slate pledged to uh, President Johnson, but that it swung over to Vice President Humphrey in Humphrey's native state. That his victory there was a victory over Humphrey in the first uh, straight confrontation, he claimed, since Humphrey had campaigned for votes in South Dakota, and he claimed that showed also that he would win in the convention. There are the South Dakota returns uh, as you see them. Kennedy, the winner with 48%, Johnson slate, the Humphrey slate, that is 32%, and McCarthy 20%. We'll return in just a moment with more on Campaign 68, the California primary. Campaign 68, the California primary, continues after this pause for station identification. Ed Sullivan invites you to share his 20th anniversary celebration this Sunday on CBS. In California's important, perhaps crucial, Democratic presidential primary today, 
The vote profile analysis CBS News indicates that Senator Kennedy's slate will win with now some 52% of the vote, an increase as more of our sample precincts have come in, lengthening his margin uh, that we believe will be the final figure over that of the slate led by Senator, or for Senator Eugene McCarthy of Minnesota with 38%. The slate for Attorney General Tom Lynch, which is believed to uh, favor in large part perhaps uh, Vice President Humphrey, some 10%. Governor Reagan, who was alone on the presidential slate from the Republican side, watched the returns tonight from his home in Sacramento. And CBS News correspondent Bill Stout is with him again, as he is so often. Bill, let's hear from you. Walter, the governor has been following the returns and listening, as all of us have, to the, particularly to the Kekel Rafferty race, where the CBS figures give uh, Max Rafferty an edge over Senator Kekel. What do you think that means, Governor? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I know that it's going to be a close race, and there was no question, but in the polls, uh, uh, Max Rafferty was coming up uh, in recent days. The question was whether that rise would continue and would, uh, and would reach the proper point at election time. Uh, of course, my feeling is that uh, in this race, regardless of which one wins, then uh, the party better get behind him because we want to retain that seat for the Republicans. Do you think it means anything about a conservative bent for the months ahead, for the convention, for the election? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, in this particular race in California, whether that one race could be taken as a, as a trend, although uh, I think there's greater evidence than that of a conservative trend. I think you only have to listen to what some of the Democratic candidates are saying. Uh, Senator Kennedy, for example, uh, uh, he's, been, uh, he's been a little bit to the right of all of us, uh, in his campaign here in California. I think he'd quarrel with that, but, uh, you know, the raw numbers are interesting at this point, early as it is. Uh, Kekel and Rafferty between them have something like 28,000 votes counted. Your unopposed presidential favorite son slate has 18,000, indicating more Republicans voted in that race than voted for you. Does that bother you at all? Oh, not at all. I, uh, I think everyone has, has to expect that. You look at the history of balloting in California, whether it's for a judge or anyone else, uh, in our long, complicated ballot, people just uh, have a tendency to not bother with an uncontested uh, spot on the ballot. They let it go by, and I've been expecting that. I've, a couple of times, have suggested that it'd be nice if they did it some other way, but that's normal. I understand from some of our people close to Richard Nixon that uh, he and his advisors are beginning now to worry more about other people than Nelson Rockefeller. Do you think that means you? Are you thinking that way about Miami? No, I'm exactly in the same position I've always been in. Uh, uh, I would think that uh, um, Mr. Nixon's mind is probably on the campaign that uh, uh, Governor Rockefeller is waging right now for delegates. Thank you very much, Governor. Early in the evening, but we're beginning to think about the numbers already, Walter. From its very beginning, this campaign 68 has been one which has defied the experts uh, is an understatement an unpredictable sequence of political surprises. Here briefly is a, a look at some of the highlights so far. I have decided to fight for and win the Republican nomination and election to the presidency of the United States. I intend to enter the Democratic primaries in uh, four states, Wisconsin, Oregon, California, and Nebraska. I will test my ability to win and my ability to cope with the issues in the fires of the primaries. 
and not just in the smoke-filled rooms of Miami. I'm a candidate for President of the United States, and so the first thing I would do as a President of the United States is to show the communist capitals that we are determined to stand with our servicemen, whether we had differences involved in the war or not. If the overwhelming voice of the Republican Party at the convention said that we want Nelson Rockefeller to run for president against Lyndon Johnson, what would you say to that? What is well, that's what you would call a draft, and uh, that's what I don't think will happen, and that's what I told you I'd if face it does if it happen, came. Though. If it came, then I'd face it. Now, I've just informed Republican governors by letter of my decision to withdraw as a candidate president, as president of the United States. The big surprise of the first primary of campaign 68 has been the strength of Senator Eugene McCarthy. In the Republican ballot, former Vice President Richard Nixon, the only active campaigner, ran far in front, even farther than expected. I am announcing today my candidacy for the presidency of the United States. I have decided today to reiterate unequivocally that I am not a candidate campaigning directly or indirectly for the presidency of the United States. I shall not seek, and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. CBS News estimates that Richard Nixon will end up with 79% of the votes, Governor Reagan 11%, Stassen 5%, and Rockefeller on that right end, some 2%. CBS News estimates that the final returns will show Senator McCarthy with 55%, President Johnson 36%, and none of them 2%, Senator Kennedy 6% on the right end, and that scattering for Humphrey. I shall seek the nomination of the Democratic Party. Today I announce my active candidacy for the nomination by the Republican Party for the presidency of the United States. Well, Senator Robert Kennedy has won the first primary test in his attempt to secure the Democratic nomination for the presidency. Well, I, I just say that I never really accused Senator Kennedy of buying the election here, Roger. There may have been some who did, but I didn't do that. And the other point is we could appear together on television. We could save half the money anyway if we're worried about time and money. And we could get uh, Vice President Humphrey. Four hours since the polls closed, but now the winner, the Democratic California primary.
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I want to, uh, I want to take that. Can you hear this? Can you hear? You can't hear? Can you hear that? That's great. Can we hear from any of this? Can we get something that works? Can we get the drive? Hey, 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 hey! Hold, hold, hold. Just one moment. But we can't hear. Can you hear on any of these? Can you hear on that? Oh, that's nice. Can you hear? I want to uh, first. Uh, express my uh, high regard to uh, Don Drysdale. Yeah. Who pitched his uh, sixth straight shutout tonight. And I hope that we have as good fortune in our campaign. Could I uh, express my appreciation to a number of people? First, to uh, Jess Unruh for all that he did, first getting me into this. And express my appreciation to him for his friendship and his help during this campaign and for his uh, continued uh, perseverance and his effort and for all of those who have been associated with him. I'll always be very grateful. And if I could also express my appreciation to a number of other people, if you just bear with me for, for a moment, I'd like to express my appreciation to Steve Smith, who was, who was very, uh, who was ruthless, but, uh, but uh, has been effective. And I just want to say how much, uh, how grateful I am to him, to his wife, my sister Jean, to my sister Pat, and to my mother, and to all of those other Kennedys who came and helped me. I want to express my uh, gratitude to uh, my dog, Freckles, who's been maligned. And I don't care what they... As Franklin Roosevelt said, I don't care what they say about me, but when they start to attack my dog. But, if, but And I, it's not, I'm not doing this in the order of importance, but I also want to thank my uh, wife, Ethel. <laughs> Her patience during uh, this whole effort is, uh, is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. Freckles has gone home to bed. He uh, thought very early that we were going to win, so he retired. I also want to uh, thank uh, Tom and point out Tom Reese, who is here, who was an early supporter. And I want to uh, thank. Uh, a number of other people, if I may, all of those of you who worked so hard in this campaign, all of the students who worked across this uh, state, yeah! 
the uh, members of uh, my delegation, or our delegation, who uh, also work so diligently and with such uh, unselfishness across the state on my behalf and on behalf of this cause that we're involved in, I want to thank uh, Cesar Chavez, who was, was here a little earlier. And, uh, and Bert Corona, who also worked with him, and all of those Mexican-Americans who were such uh, supporters of mine. And Dolores Huerta, who is an old friend of mine and has worked with the union, to thank her and tell her how much I appreciate her coming tonight. We have uh, certain obligations and responsibilities to our fellow citizens, which we've talked about during the course of this campaign. And I want to make it clear that if I'm elected president of the United States, with your help, I intend to keep that. I want to also thank all my friends in the all my friends in the black community. Who made campaign. Voting today, I think, really made a major difference for me. I want to express my appreciation to them. <laughs> to uh, my friend, uh, if I may, Johnson is here. <laughs> and to uh, Rosie Greer, who said that... Uh, He said that he'd take care of anybody who didn't vote for me. In a kind way, because that's what we are in our country. Smile. And I want to also, if I may, just take a moment more of my, your time to express my appreciation to Paul Schrey, who, uh, from the UAW, who uh, worked so hard, and all the other members of the labor organizations, the members of the labor union. I'm very grateful for, to him and uh, for what he's done and the effort that he's made on behalf of the working man here in the state of California. I'm very, very appreciative. I'm very grateful for the vote that I received and for all, that all of you worked on behalf of for the, in the agricultural areas of the state as well as in the city. I think it indicates quite clearly, as well as in the suburbs, I think it indicates quite clearly what we can do here in the United States. The vote here in the state of California, the vote in the state of South Dakota. Here is the most urban state of any of the states of our union. South Dakota, the most rural state of any of the states of our union. We're able to win them both. I think that we can end the divisions within the United States. What I think is the... What I think is quite clear is, is that we can work together in the last analysis, and that what has been going on within the United States over the period of the last three years, the divisions, the violence, the disenchantment with our society, the divisions, whether it's between blacks and whites, between the poor and the more affluent, or between age groups or on the war in Vietnam, that we can start to work together. We are a great country and a selfish country and a compassionate country. And I intend to make that my basis for running and over the period of next year. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if I can just take a moment more of your time because everybody must be dying from the heat. But, uh, I, 
what I think all of these primaries have indicated, if I can just take a minute or two minutes more of your time, what all of these primaries have indicated, and all of the party caucuses have indicated, whether they occurred in Colorado or Idaho or Iowa, wherever they occurred, it was the people in the Democratic Party and the people in the United States want to change. And that change can come about only if they, those who are delegates in Chicago recognize the importance of what has happened here in the state of California, what has happened in South Dakota, what happened in New Hampshire, what happened across the rest of this country. The country wants to move in a different direction. We want to deal with our own problems within our own country, and we want peace in Vietnam. Congratulate uh, Senator uh, McCarthy and the, those who have been associated, those who have been associated with him, in their efforts that they have uh, started in New Hampshire and carried through to this, to uh, the primary here in the state of California. The fact is that all of us are involved in this great effort, and it's a great effort not on behalf of the Democratic Party. It's a great effort on behalf of the United States, on behalf of our own people, on behalf of mankind all around the globe and the next generation. I would hope I would hope now that the California primary is finished now that these primaries over that we could now concentrate on having a dialogue or a debate I hope between the vice president and perhaps myself on what direction we want to go in the United States What we're going to do in the rural areas of our country, what we're going to do for those who still suffer within the United States from hunger, what we're going to do around the rest of the globe, and whether we're going to continue the policies that have been so unsuccessful in Vietnam of American troops and American Marines carrying the major burden of that conflict. I do not want to, and I think we should move in a different direction. So I... So I thank, I thank all of you who made this possible. All of the effort that you made and all of the people whose names I haven't mentioned, but have made all, did all of the work at the basic level, who got out the vote, who did all of the effort, uh, who worked all of the effort that's been done. I was a campaign manager eight years ago. I know the difference, that kind of an effort, and that kind of effort has been made. So I thank all of you. Send me a
thing everybody can do here is in an orderly way leave. Would you please do that? Just in an orderly way, clear the room. Can we do that, please? Quiet, please. The best thing and the most helpful thing that everyone can do here is to leave the room in an orderly way. Now, will you please do that for us? Will you please do that? Will you move out quietly, please? We don't know what's happened, but all of this noise and confusion is not going to help. So will you please cl clear the room? Will you please clear the room in an orderly fashion? Thank you. I'm with you. Would everyone please clear the room? Otherwise, nothing can be done. Stay with me. Stay right here. There's an exit on this please. side of the room. Would you please please leave the room fashion and leave the room? Would you please leave the room? I'll go get another set of people. right here. You just stay with me. Don't please. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, you can cooperate with the sympathies. Yes, we've got a doctor. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, we have a doctor now. Will you please clear the room and offer your prayers at this hour? Let us please clear the room. Your greatest help will be to clear this room. Will you please clear the room? Would everyone please clear the room? You can help us most by clearing the room, please. Everyone leave. Will you please clear this room? so that we can get medical aid to the senator. If you do not leave the room, we cannot get medical aid to the senator. Now, would you please leave or would you rather stand and cause confusion? Will you please clear the room so that we can clear this room for medical aid for the senator? Are there any more doctors in the house? time is to help clear this room. Are there any more doctors? Will you please clear the room to help get medical aid for the senator? Right here. Please clear the room and proceed to the exits. Will you please clear the room so that we can get medical aid for the senator? Are there any more doctors in the house? Please, Jim.
I would like you to clear this room. We have an emergency. Would you clear the room, please? Please leave the room. Uh, let me, uh... Uh, this Eddie is drink water. Um, please, we need here, you immediately. Uh, Are there you were in there and you saw what happened. Yes, um, I did. What? What happened? I'm sorry, I can't make any comments. I, I'm not. Please, somebody help us. Would you please clear the room, please, so that we can bring medical attention to the senator? Please clear the room. Please clear the room, please. Indication now that the senator. Senator Kennedy himself has been wounded. The repeated calls for a doctor. The room now is still about half filled with the supporters or so enthusiastically cheering the senator a short time ago. Two doctors have been moved into this anteroom behind the ballroom where Senator Kennedy made his victory statement already. They are inside now with the Senator, repeated appeals for. We're appealing to you to please clear the room. The very best thing that you can do is to leave the room and find. You indicate to me what happened. I'm sorry, I can't give any information out. The uh, who besides the senator was involved? I really don't know. I was not back there. I know nothing. We can say nothing. Something did go on. Now I'm not going to force my way into the back room to find out. There is people coming out and asking for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're asking for your cooperation. An ABC They will please, please clear this room. We would certainly appreciate it. Please clear the room. Are there any more doctors in the house? If there are not, could you leave the room and find some? Ladies and gentlemen, we're asking that you clear the room. Right. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is this is Terry Drinkwater. Uh, this is Terry Drinkwater, CBS News. We've had an indication of clarification of exactly what has happened back there that senator kennedy was involved in a shooting that a newsman was involved and that one other man was involved there are now three doctors back there caring for them there's a large amount of blood on the floor of this ante room ice is now being uh brought back brought into the room into the back uh what do you understand happened from what I understand, there were several shots fired back there. Of course, panic immediately arose. They were locked up the whole place. Now the back there is an absolute madhouse. People are screaming and shouting. The Kennedy staff are all just in panic. There's just absolute madness back there, screaming and shouting and fighting. Were you back there? Not, it is not clear at this time the condition of Senator Kennedy or any of the two other people who are reportedly wounded and who are back in... Uh, the anteroom here now. There are at least three doctors there, two of whom were out here in the auditorium, the victory celebration room, listening to the Kennedy statement just a few minutes ago.
What is the immediate? What is the immediate need there now? More doctors. doctors. So our immediate need right now is doctors. How many are back there now? I don't know. Is it just in this room? Just beyond? I, I don't know exactly where he is right Ladies now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will please clear the auditorium, we'd certainly appreciate it. There's absolutely nothing that you can do at this point except clear the room and give us some place to work, please. Very little information available. Those people who were back in this area are still in there. Most of them have not come out. Information is very scanty. This gentleman has just looked looked back in there uh, where the this apparently occurred. What what does it appear now? Oh, just a lot of uh, it's good. Most of the people are out of here now. If we could get uh, a few more people out of here, it'd do a lot more good. But uh, there was quite a bit of confusion at first, but I think uh, most people uh, did all right. Handled it. One of the wounded, one of the wounded has been brought out now. Uh, it appears to be a woman, a lady who is standing, who is lying uh, under one of the tablecloths. It was here. She does not appear to be severely injured. There is some blood on her hands. She's being attended to by two doctors now. The area being roped off. Now to push the few spectators who remain and newsmen back. More ice has been brought in here and still from this position we cannot see any of the members of the Kennedy party. It's impossible to know whether any of them is involved at this point beyond the report that we do not have an identification of the woman injured here. They're attempting to get an identification of the one woman who we do know for a fact is injured and who is being treated here in the ballroom, which less than a half an hour ago was filled with about a thousand supporters of Senator Kennedy for a much He's happier thing. Down from the CBS truck. I saw them put Kennedy in the uh, ambulance. What condition was Senator Kennedy in? Well, he wasn't. I, I believe he was unconscious. He was not moving. I could not see any wounds. This is Peggy Ferreira, who was one of the witnesses to Kennedy's, the removal of Kennedy's, uh, the Senator Kennedy from this building. He was taken out in an ambulance. That's correct. Can you tell me whether he appeared to be conscious or not? No. I, I could just see him from his head. I couldn't see any wounds, yes. any blood. But he wasn't moving. Get out of my face. 
I... Oh, terrible. It really was. Did there appear to be any blood on no, Senator no, Kennedy's no. body at all? No. Now, he might have been resting, but he wasn't moving. Did you see the uh, man who fired the shots? No, 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 no. I left here. Hey, sir. Get out. I left as soon as the speech was over to go down the back way, and I came back up here. The truck sent me up to look for Roger Mudd, and I couldn't find him, and I came back downstairs just as they were putting him in the ambulance, and that's what I saw. Was anyone with the senator at that time? Any, uh, his wife? Any of no. No, all I saw were attendants put him in the ambulance, and then the crowd converged, and that's all I saw. Could you see that he... Did he appear to be conscious? No. He what? He didn't appear to be conscious. Now, he might have been. He was not. He was not. I gave him a pair of rosary beads, which are from Ireland, I told him, and he looked straight up, and I was wondering what this meant. I got a little frightened to see him looking straight up, but he looked at me. I said, the act of contrition, I'm a Roman Catholic. A Roman Catholic is trained to do this in a case of any serious accident. I said to the president, the act of contrition, slowly and audibly, and he heard it. I'm sure of it. He was breathing. He's alive. Please, God. And I said to him, Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. And with that, he took my hand in the rosary beads and tightened. Where was this? At what stage? This was right after he was shot. I heard a balloon pop, and I said to some woman, I said, what a terrible thing to have around here. These sounds, I said, it's not good for another Kennedy. And the woman said, don't be silly. And that's when I realized it wasn't was he, a balloon. Was he conscious when you left him? He was conscious. I was pushed away from him. I didn't need to do, do any thinking about his consciousness. I did what I... Could you see where he was wounded, if he was wounded he at was all? Wounded. The blood came from his hand and from his ear. I believe he was shot in the rear of the neck. I'm not sure. His blood came. Senator, are you certain, that it, came... are you certain it that it was, was the Senator, Senator Kennedy? You definitely saw that. I know it was Senator Kennedy. Did you see anyone else shot? I saw someone else. The woman who was shot? You know? Was there, there, a woman the shot? there was someone else shot. It, I did not look at that shot because I looked to see Senator Kennedy. What did the person look like? Was it a man or a woman who shot him? I really cannot tell you. I I I, I didn't I didn't take notice. I was looking for the senator. I'm a Catholic. Uh, do you know how many people were shot? A little sanky moody, I guess, but I wanted were to there, get there. Do you know how many people were shot? I don't think more than two were shot. I don't know about the one who did the shooting. All I know, I, they had him up on some bin, it, some towel bin. It was a he, right? I saw curly hair, yes, and it was a male. It was a male, curly hair. I don't know about any blonde hair, black hair. Hey, I don't, I just did what I could do. Thank you. Elizabeth Y. Evans. Stay with me. Write it down. From several on, you guys are portable, Mike. I've spoken to several of I came to the aid of Paul Schrady, who was hit right behind me. And the people did not see Mr. Schrady and were starting to step on him. And I straddled him and stayed there for the duration. And uh, he had a, a head wound that may be very serious. However, he was conscious when the, we just The local leader of the AFL-CIO. Uh, uh, North uh, American. North American. Uh, what um, was his condition? Was he, was he conscious? He was conscious and he had a good pulse, but uh, he had the bullet went in here and came out at the back. That was not Senator Kennedy. Uh, no, Senator Kennedy's wounds, can you, can you uh, indicate no, from what he, you learned uh, the extent of his wounds? I didn't pay much attention to the senator because he was immediately 
taken over by some doctors and I wanted to see that Mr. Schrade was taken care of because he was about six feet away and then his wife Ethel got through and they did quite a bit of talking. Uh, apart from Kennedy and Schrady, who else was injured? Well, there's two other people and they just carried one young fellow and I don't remember his name, but he had a leg wound. What makes you believe that it was not a, a pistol, a revolver? Because there was more than five shots fired, and a revolver at most would have six, and there was more than six shots fired. Was there just one man doing the shooting? Did well, you see him? I didn't, did not see the man, but I understand that they have caught him. Can you describe the scene in there in more detail? Well, absolute pandemonium broke out because it was a real narrow passageway, probably four to five people abreast is all it could get through. So with the crush of newsmen and TV in back and those that preceded Kennedy, why they turned around and everybody was trying to get in there. And it was, uh, it seemed like an awful long time before any uh, ambulances got to the grounds or there wasn't any stretchers available. In fact, we carried Trady out on a table. Can you describe the size of the room, a very small? Oh, it was just a passageway. It was not a room at all. It was just a passageway between the dumbwaiters and... Uh, where dishes and uh, things were stored in the in the hall. Did Senator Kennedy, walk out? No, Senator Kennedy was taken out on a uh, stretcher. He was taken out first. Was there any warning whatsoever that? No warning, no yells, no anything. There was no yells or anything preceded the first shot. Did the gunman say anything? Uh, did you hear any I shouts after? I didn't hear any shouts afterwards or anything because absolute. Everybody really couldn't believe it at first. They thought. Most people like to always think it's firecrackers, you know, a celebration. And then they did, and then you heard shots of, my God, my God, he shot, he shot. And then, then everything it really started, pandemonium really broke loose. Thank you very much. You bet. That and eyewitness to what transpired here now about 40 minutes ago, just outside the ballroom here at the Ambassador Hotel. Again, to repeat, do not know, here at least, the condition of Senator Kennedy at this time. We do knew he, know he was wounded. We've had several witnesses state that when he was taken from the hotel on a stretcher, he was conscious. He did say a few words to several people on the way down in the stretcher, on the way down to the ambulance. Joe, do you have more details where you are now? Thank you very much, Terry. Uh, as is obvious, we are in our California primary studios. We had just finished covering the California... ...had won an impressive victory over Senator McCarthy, but that victory soon turned to tragedy as the senator appeared in the embassy room of the Ambassador Hotel, naturally to meet his cheering fans. There was uh, quite a bit of commotion, as might be expected. Many of the people there thought that uh, this was merely another display of the ardor of the Kennedy fans who had uh, followed his campaigning all the way along, and uh, they were dumbfounded when uh, it was clear what had happened. Shots had rang out, the senator had been wounded, uh, several other people on the platform, at least three at last count, had also been uh, wounded in an exchange of gunfire, not an exchange, uh, an unknown assailant uh, fired uh, at four people. Mike Wallace, apparently you have some later information. Uh, Joe, I have just talked to Roger Mudd, who is at the Central Receiving Hospital. Now, you're familiar with yes. that uh, place out there. Evidently, Senator Kennedy has been taken now, is on his way from the Central Receiving to the Good Samaritan Hospital right. because there are evidently better surgical procedures available at the Good Samaritan Hospital. According to Roger, he was shot four times, once in the head, once in the hip, they think that they are sure. 
but his color was good. He was alive, shirt open. He, he appeared, as I say, to be hit in the head and the hip. There had been talk that Rafer Johnson had knocked down his assailant. It turns out that it was Rosie Greer from Los Angeles uh, who knocked down the assailant, who appeared to be 25 years old and white. He fired all of the shots from a six-shot revolver and uh, hit not only Senator Kennedy, but, according to Roger Mudd, an unidentified man, a woman, and a boy. That's about all that uh, Roger has right now. Well, he is still at the Central Hospital. Yes, from uh, the report that correspondent Terry Drinkwater uh, was sending in just a short time ago, Paul Schrade, who is with the United Auto Workers, uh, a young, dynamic uh, union leader, was also on the platform and apparently was wounded along with Senator Kennedy. It is uh, important at this point open the hip and pop he was taken to uh, the central receiving hospital which in Los Angeles is a special hospital in addition to uh, serving the public that is set aside for police and firemen who are emergency cases the yes I right I uh, I should hasten to add now that Senator Kennedy has been moved from Central Receiving Hospital to Good Samaritan Hospital. Uh, they have an intensive care unit at that particular hospital. So uh, it, I am sure uh, all of us can be certain that he is going to receive the best of care. Uh, by going to Central Receiving Hospital, the immediate emergency steps were taken. Good Samaritan Hospital has an intensive care unit, and uh, Senator Kennedy uh, should be getting the best medical attention. At least five doctors were on hand at the Ambassador Hotel. And I'm sure that more doctors now are standing by. The senator apparently is in condition enough, good enough, to be moved to another hospital. Correspondent Terry Drinkwater, who was covering the senator's appearance at the Ambassador Hotel when the shots were fired tonight, is now at the Ambassador Hotel. Terry, what's your latest report? Joe, I'm with um, Mr. Green, one of the supporters of Senator Kennedy here and active in his campaign. Will you describe what you saw at the, at the moment the shots were fired? Well... Precisely at the time the senator was shot, I was walking through one of the side kitchen doors. The senator was coming down to greet the, car, the crowd. There was one individual uh, standing on top of a table. He was of uh, Filipino, Mexican-American, or that nature of descent. Are you sure he was standing on the table? He was standing on the table. And there were approximately five or six shots. The revolver that was used was a small caliber revolver. I looked, I examined the revolver very closely. Uh, Rosie Greer had it in his hand after he apprehended the assailant. Rosie Greer, ap Kennedy's... Ro Rosie Greer apprehended the assailant along with several others. There were five or six people who had him. Uh, Where did... Small pistol, is that it? It was a small caliber revolver. Where did Senator Kennedy appear to be hit? He appeared to be hit in his side and possibly grazed in the temple here. Now, it's, it's very hard to say because when individuals are hit, they spread blood throughout the body. However, he was definitely hit more than once. Did he ground at that time? He fell to the ground. Uh, his, uh, he showed very little emotion. Uh, he was cognizant that he was uh, awake when they uh, picked him up and took him to Central Receiving Hospital. Anything at all that you remember? As I as I can remember, he, has, he said nothing. His wife came to his uh, his side, 
and she spoke to him. However, I could not see whether uh, he responded one way or the other. Who were the others who were injured? Can you be specific? There was one other individual, tall individual, uh, dark blue suit. He was either an FBI man or a Kennedy aide. Uh, seems as if he was hit more critically. This witness uh, clearly more specific on the situation with Senator Robert Kennedy. Not too specific on those others who were injured. His report that Senator Kennedy was conscious right after the shot or shots were fired at him, but beyond that, not too much clear from here. Joe? I only Secretary, Roger Mudd, who has also been covering the Kennedy campaign, is standing by now at Good Samaritan Hospital. We have a telephone link up, uh, no video, but Roger, uh, what, what late report do you have? Uh, Senator Kennedy was just taken uh, from uh, this hospital, which is the central receiving hospital in downtown Los Angeles, to the uh, Good Samaritan Hospital. The senator's color, when I saw him uh, put on a stretcher in the kitchen of the Ambassador Hotel, his color appeared to be good. He was on the floor. The only treatment applied to him in the, uh, in the hallway was uh, packs of ice. It was absolute turmoil and shrieking, and all the memories of 1963 uh, swept through that uh, assembly hall. Pandemonium and uh, cameramen and photographers who had been with the senator now for three and four months uh, crying, some of them berserk. Finally, the senator was removed and taken here to central receiving. It appeared that he was uh, hit twice, once in the hip and once in the head. As I say, though, his color was good, and uh, uh, he is alive. There's been no medical report issued on his condition, but obviously the switch from here at uh, Central Receiving to Good Samaritan indicates that some serious surgery will be uh, required. Well, Roger, uh, as my recollection of Los Angeles is that Central Receiving is equipped to uh, handle immediate emergencies, and uh, as I recall, Good Samaritan does have an intensive care unit. Uh, I think the only reason we would mention that is that Senator Kennedy, uh, chances are very good given that kind of meat available. Well, I'll take your word for that because I'm not familiar with the, the hospitals, Joe, uh, and your explanation uh, makes more sense than my uh, snap judgment as to why I'm moving. There were, uh, in addition to the senator, three other persons hit. I was told that Paul Schrade and Jesse Unruh were hit. Now, I remember uh, Paul Schrade is a union official of the United Auto Workers, yes. Who was recognized just ten minutes by the senator before this cheering, happy crowd as one of the great movers behind the Kennedy campaign in California. I have not heard that Jesse Unruh was hit. Well, that was an early report we had, and uh, apparently no one has yet confirmed that. At one point, I uh, finally got into the uh, this kitchen corridor, and Mrs. Kennedy was uh, standing all alone. She'd been abandoned for the minute, and I went up to her and uh, put my uh, arm around her waist, and she recognized me, and... Uh, me as if I were just an oak tree, just something to cling to. And as she teetered there, uh, not knowing whether her husband was alive or dead, she bumped into someone who was sitting in a chair just behind her. And this seated person muttered something about Kennedy. And she turned and said, how dare you mention my husband? And this young man looked up at her and said, ma'am, I've been hit too. And she suddenly realized uh, how, what an awkward thing it was for the young man and her, and he, she leaned down and kissed him on the face. Uh, he was the fourth 
appeared to the cameramen who were close by to be about 25 years old, wearing a blue sweater. He emptied all six shots from the that he carried. And when the explosions uh, went off and were finished firing Roosevelt Greer, the big football player with the New York Giants, who has been serving as a Kennedy bodyguard through the California campaign, immediately pinned this Let me just interrupt a moment. Uh, late report now that uh, uh, the press aide to Senator Kennedy, Roy Ringer, one of his California press aides, said that the senator was hit at least twice in the head and the side. He said one, uh, another witness said Paul Schrade, as we've already reported, uh, of the United Auto Workers was wounded also in the head at the time the senator was shot. Paul Schrade was the, the one in the dark blue suit with the striped tie who was lying pointed in the same direction as the senator. He was obviously following him as they were making their way out of the the uh, embassy room. The senator had waited, you know, some time before appearing before this crowd because he wanted to be sure that uh, he had a victory. He didn't want to come down and make a, a Tom Dewey statement as he said upstairs in the hotel, and they were just leaving. And uh, it was a happy moment. Roger, uh, are you at Central Receiving now? Or? I am. All right. Uh, I assume that you'll be uh, on your way to Good Samaritan. And uh, we'll be standing by for further reports from you. All right, Joe. Thank you. A report from Roger Mudd, CBS News correspondent, who has been covering the Kennedy campaign in Los Angeles, who was with the senator at Central Receiving Hospital. Senator Kennedy has now been moved to Good Samaritan Hospital, which has an intensive care unit. And uh, if medical attention is what he needs, at least there is that assurance at this time that he will get as much as he needs. He, uh, at last report, was hit twice in the head, once in the hip. And uh, another man, Paul Schrade of the United Auto Workers, was also wounded. CBS News correspondent Mike Wallace is standing by here in our New York studios. Mike, what's your report? Evidently, an unidentified television reporter said that the man who fired the shot was about 10 feet from the Senator Kennedy when it all took place. The, uh, before he was removed from the hotel, a priest, a Roman Catholic priest, said that he attempted to give the Senator final rights of the Roman Catholic Church but that the surging crowd pushed him away. The priest said, I gave him the rosary, and he clenched it tightly, and I was pushed away. There was blood on his head. The arrested man was hurried through a lobby throng, still yelling and screaming at the news of the shooting. Here's the speaker stand from which Senator Kennedy spoke. Just behind it is this small anteroom. There are some dumb waiters in there. It's an area where speakers wait before they come up to the platform or, or after they've uh, finished talking to where they go. This is where Senator Kennedy was wounded. He was taken out this door here, down this hallway to these steps, and out to a waiting ambulance outside very quick trip and fortunately very quickly to the hospital as you learned from Roger Mudd. Mary Drinkwater, CBS News, The Ambassador. Joe, do you have anything further there? Well, the, uh, I think the main obligation we have, Mike, is to uh, 
I imagine across the nation, uh, more and more people who are hearing of this news are tuning in now to find out exactly what happened tonight. Let us quickly bring you up to date. Senator Robert F. Kennedy appeared in the embassy room of the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, which was his California headquarters for the California primary. It was a victory celebration. There was a very large crowd crushing in at the speaker's platform. The senator mounted the platform. Uh, several persons spoke. It was uh, a mood of jubilation. It was obvious that uh, he had won the victory he had sought and, uh, according to his political fortunes, needed so desperately to stay in the race for the presidency. Uh, at some point then, a man standing apparently on a table, it's still not clear uh, exactly how it happened, or at least it isn't clear to this reporter, uh, many conflicting reports, uh, a man described uh, appearing to be uh, uh, Mexican uh, descent, uh, un uh, took a pistol and fired at the senator, uh, hit the senator twice in the head, according to our last reports, once in the hip, and also hit Paul Schrade, who is a United Auto Workers Union executive in Los Angeles. The uh, two men, uh, Senator Kennedy and Mr. Schrade, were then taken through a kitchen uh, exit, as Terry Drinkwater just showed you, rushed to uh, Central Receiving Hospital, which in Los Angeles is used primarily for treatment of emergency cases, uh, especially police and firemen of the city who are injured uh, while in the performance of duties. Uh, that assured that he got immediate treatment. Uh, the reports from eyewitnesses said his eyes were open, there was blood on his face, he was breathing, he had color. Uh, Roger Mudd reported that at least he was conscious. At Central Receiving Hospital, uh, in a few moments, apparently it was decided that the senator would then be removed to Good Samaritan Hospital, which is also nearby the Ambassador Hotel. There, an intensive care unit is available, and uh, the uh, obvious uh, entourage of doctors, which began with at least five doctors at the Ambassador Hotel, apparently built up and included more doctors, uh, assuring, as we said, that Senator Kennedy is at least getting the best medical treatment available at the moment, he is in the Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles, the victim of uh, gunshot wounds. Uh, Mike, uh, the one thing I think everyone is interested in, which we have now, is videotape of the event as it, uh, as it actually happened, recorded by CBS cameras in the Ambassador Hotel. exact moment that the shots were fired, at least six shots according to the reports we have, fired at Senator Kennedy, Paul Schrade, other people on the speaker's platform, obviously uh, pandemonium erupted. Uh, the door on the side uh, leads out to the kitchen and apparently that was the way uh, Senator Kennedy Senator Kennedy and at least two other persons at Los Angeles 
Ambassador Hotel serving as the senator's headquarters for his California primary battle. The senator was taken through a side door. Apparently, he was on his way out of the room. Moved to the side when the shots were fired. Paul Schrade of the United Auto Workers also hit. We have just received a report that Senator Kennedy was given the last rites of the Roman Catholic Church at about 1 a.m. The Reverend Thomas Picha said he administered the rites to the wounded senator in the emergency room of the Central Receiving Hospital. Uh, we should caution you that that is an alarming report. The senator has been moved to the Good Samaritan Hospital. This is the scene as uh, immediately after Senator Kennedy had been shot. This is uh, Stephen Smith, Senator Kennedy's brother-in-law. Beside him, Jean Kennedy, one of the Kennedy sisters, Mr. Smith's wife. Uh, Smith is trying to restore and to uh, calm the uh, pandemonium. Most helpful thing that everyone can do here is to leave the room in an orderly way. Now, will you please do that for us? Will you please do that? Will you move out quietly, please? We don't know what's happened, but all of the confusion is not going to help. So will you please clear the room? Will you please clear the room in an orderly fashion? Thank you. I'm with you. Would everyone please clear the room? Otherwise, nothing can be done. Stay with me. Now, that uh, man you just saw being rushed off apparently is the 17-year-old boy who was also near the senator when the shots were fired. Three persons, at least at this point, have, uh, have been reported as wounded in the wild shooting that erupted uh, Senator Kennedy apparently was stepping between a speaker's platform and about to uh, leave through a kitchen door, a kitchen uh, serving as an entrance exit in that crowded embassy room. You can cooperate with the sympathies. Yeah. We've got a doctor. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, we have a doctor now. Will you please clear the room and offer your prayers? At this hour, let us please clear the room. Your greatest help will be to clear this room. Will you please clear the room? Would everyone please clear the room? You can help us most by clearing the room, please. Everyone leave. Will you please clear this room so that we can get medical aid to the senator? There's a report that he's been given the last rites circulated here and a couple of people fainted. This is Terry Drinkwater in the lobby of the ambassador. The report that Senator Kennedy had been given the last rites has now been circulated here. On the other side of the lobby, two or three women fainted. And you can 
report of the last rites being administered as reported by Joe Benny does not indicate that Senator Kennedy is dead. It is a very common practice in the Catholic Church to administer the last rites uh, when there is a question of serious injury, but you can see by this news passing through here what it causes. Just uh, hysterical women. Uh, Terry, can you hear me? Uh, simply uh, indicative of what has happened here tonight. But this is not a report that Senator Kennedy is dead. It's not at all that report. Yes, Joe, I can hear you. Yes, uh, we were uh, trying to point that out in, in order to be uh, very precise and to not alarm unnecessarily any uh, any of our viewers who are listening and watching this. Uh, as you pointed out, the last rites have been... ...really uh, a, a formality, a spiritual necessity for a Catholic... In this kind of a situation, the senator, from all that we can tell and through uh, as a result of experience in Los Angeles, has the best available medical attention. Being treated now at the Good Samaritan Hospital, a neurosurgeon is standing by, which would apparently confirm the earlier reports that the senator was wounded in the in the head, and uh, also, uh, according to those reports, hit three times once in the hip. Joe in the lobby of the ambassador here who have fallen to their knees in prayer for Senator Kennedy around the fountain which is in the middle of this hotel lobby. A moment ago it was a very hysterical situation here as the reports of the last rites and the erroneous reports of Senator Kennedy's death circulated through here but now that most people understand that the last rites do not mean that Senator Kennedy is dead or indeed that he necessarily is in terribly critical condition. But, so at this point, many people falling to their knees in prayer for Senator Kennedy's recovery and for the recovery of the others who were wounded here. Terry? Yes, Joe. Uh, we're still trying to trace down the assailant. Uh, all that we have so far is an identification of a man approximately 25 years old and according to uh, one of the eyewitnesses you talked to uh, who appeared to be uh, dark-skinned per perhaps Mexican-American. Have you any uh, other confirmation on the assailant? It is essentially that piece of information, uh, that witness and six or seven others to whom the authorities are now talking inside the main ballroom. The man who did the shooting has apparently been apprehended, but the police in Los Angeles have not released his name. He has been taken into custody, we understand, and has been taken away from the ambassador to the police station and presumably in downtown Los Angeles. Terry, uh, I'm gathering from the picture that I see there that uh, Apparently, there there is some kind of a, a, a shift now in the in the crowd, and uh, people are kneeling down, uh, beginning to pray. A uh, number of people in the center of the lobby here, Joe. There are about 300 here, have knelt in prayer. Behind me, more kneeling um, at every moment uh, around this fountain, which is very moving and very changed scene from what it was just a few seconds ago when the erroneous reports of Senator Kennedy's grave condition were circulating here. These are primarily young people who remain here to listen 
for any word of Senator Kennedy's condition. These are the loyal supporters. I recognize several faces that one saw in the very early part of Senator Kennedy's presidential effort, people who followed him all the way through and worked all along and are now here waiting, just like the rest of us, for a word of his condition and praying. At the time that the shots were fired, uh, the impression I have from reports received here through the wire services is that the senator had just stepped off the speaker's podium and was about to leave the hall. What exactly happened, or, or could you tell from where you were? He had moved back from the podium, waved a number of times at the crowd, shaken perhaps 30 hands, people crowding on the stage, the stage which should hold maybe 50 people, but there were 200 in all on it. And it, slowly he moved towards the back of the stage, down a small flight of stairs, and into this small room, which we showed you on the diagram a short time ago, and it was there that it occurred. He did not come down into the milling crowd that was in front of the podium, but simply walked out the back. There was no indication, Joe, no special security of any kind, no indication that anything like this was envisioned, that the police had had any tips of, of any kind. It was completely unexpected, as much so as the assassination in Dallas. Had he actually stepped uh, was he about to make his way out? Is that what it appeared to be at the time? Stepped from the embassy room into this ante room, which leads from the room, and then he was going to go down a back hallway and up to his suite on the fifth floor here. But instead, of course, after the shots were fired and his wounding, he was carried out the opposite way, again, away from the embassy room to the ambulance and out of the hospital. Roosevelt Greer... Uh one of Kennedy's bodyguards and also a well-known professional football player, apparently is the man who captured the assailant. Uh, what, what happened to the assailant at that point? Piecing together what witnesses we've been able to talk to, the indication is that he was taken the opposite direction from Senator Kennedy back inside the hotel by, uh, first by Greer and then by a number of other Kennedy aides and supporters who were crowded there and then a few seconds later by some security guards who were at the other end of the corridor. Where he went from there we do not know. He uh, undoubtedly then is, is in custody uh, at some point whether it's in the hotel or somewhere else. It's our understanding that he has been taken from the hotel and we presume he is in custody at a uh, police station. You have not yet heard any reports as to whether the, the man said anything, uh, screamed anything? What? Three witnesses have indicated that he did not scream anything, or either before the shots were fired or after he pulled the trigger. He apparently stu stood on this table. It may have been a table. It may have been some type of uh, can which was used for a large supply of food being brought up to the ballroom. It a, rose rather high, maybe, uh, maybe four feet standing on top of that and he fired the shots, uh, did not yell anything at all, made no comment to the senator, is not clear that the senator even saw the man. Fired the shots, was apprehended by Greer, and uh, pulled from the top of this table or this barrel arrangement and taken away. The only report that we've had, Terry, which is, uh, again, from a wire services, from uh, one of the eyewitnesses, said the man was captured and was yelling something about saving the country. Uh, this again is an eyewitness uh, who quoted the, the gunman as saying, uh, 
something like, and this is the quote, I did it for my country. Uh, these late reports now on the condition of Senator Kennedy, an aide said today Senator Kennedy's condition is stable after being shot at least twice. Uh, there are conflicting reports here. Uh, twice in the head and once in the hip was the first report. And now apparently uh, this later report says Senator Kennedy was shot just twice uh, while leaving a victory celebration at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, which had been serving as his headquarters in the California primary. This is a direct quote from Frank Mankiewicz. That's uh, Senator Kennedy's uh, press secretary. Quote, he is breathing well and he has a good heart. I do not think he is conscious, although, again, another conflict in earlier reports from eyewitnesses who said they noticed the senator, his eyes were open, he was saying something, and he appeared to have uh, generally good color as he was taken from the Ambassador Hotel. Mankiewicz said Kennedy, who was transferred to Good Samaritan Hospital after a brief stop in the emergency room of the Central Receiving Hospital, was wounded twice in the head, in the front forehead and near the right ear. That is Frank Mankiewicz's report. He is uh, Senator Kennedy's press secretary. We have not yet had an official report from either Central Receiving Hospital, which is, uh, as we have told you, an emergency uh, hospital for Los Angeles fire and policemen, uh, nor have we had a report from Good Samaritan Hospital. The only indication we've had as to the nature of the wounds is that a neurosurgeon is and was standing by. Uh, Senator Kennedy uh, undoubtedly is at Good Samaritan Hospital now, which does have an intensive care unit and uh, a very a highly professional staff, which should uh, give him at least immediate uh, uh, top-notch care, which uh, I'm sure is the major concern at the moment. Our stage manager at the uh, Kennedy headquarters, Dave Fox, was one of those who witnessed the shooting. We now have a videotape of his report. This is, this is Terry Drinkwater. Uh, this is Terry Drinkwater. We've had an indication of clarification of exactly what has happened back there. Senator Kennedy was involved in a shooting, that a newsman was involved, and that one other man was involved. There are now three doctors back there caring for them. There's a large amount of blood on the floor of this anti-room. Ice is now being uh, brought back, brought into the room, into the back. Uh, what do you understand happened? From what I understand, there were several shots fired back there. Of course, panic immediately arose. They were locked up the whole place. Now the back there is an absolute madhouse. People are screaming and shouting. The Kennedy staff are all just in panic. There's just absolute madness back there, screaming and shouting and fighting. Were you back there? Not, it is not clear at this time the condition of Senator Kennedy or any of the two other people who are reportedly wounded and who are back in... Uh, the anti-room here now. There are at least three doctors there, two of whom were out here in the auditorium, the victory celebration room, listening to the Kennedy statement just a few minutes ago. Well, Joe, uh, Benny, uh, I've been uh, sitting here with some of these uh, new service dispatches trying to uh, get some sort of a compilation out of this thing, uh, both this chronology of events and also uh, as to how many other persons possibly were injured seemed to be a great deal of confusion which is understandable uh, at a time of such a shocking tragedy as this uh, you have reported of course Paul uh, Shreddy the head of the UAW for the western area of the country there seemed to be at least two other persons uh, wounded ABC's uh, stage manager uh, 
Fox's counterpart there at the uh, embassy room. A uh, Bill Weisel uh, is listed in one of the news service dispatches as having been uh, injured, apparently not uh, too seriously. It seems to be a uh, abdominal wound. And a 17-year-old Los Angeles boy, Irwin Stroll, uh, injured not uh, too seriously, it also seems. The reports that a woman was wounded uh, have not been confirmed uh, further than that original report, and uh, several of us have seen on uh, television there, Steve Smith is quite all right, and uh, those early reports that he was wounded are obviously erroneous. Also, uh, Walter, I think I should add that uh, we were reporting based on immediate eyewitness reports, which, as we all know, can be very erroneous, that uh, Jesse Unruh had been shot and wounded, and apparently that is untrue. Best we can figure now is that uh, the senator, Paul Schrady, uh, the ABC stage manager, a 17-year-old youth, and uh, possibly a woman. Uh, the only condition report we have is, uh, and it's not even a condition report, is on Senator Kennedy, and uh, all that is said, uh, which I imagine is encouraging, that his condition is stable. He was seen... Uh, leaving the, the central uh, receiving hospital with an oxygen mask on his face and a plasma bottle being carried beside him uh, and appeared at that point to be unconscious. But uh, when, when the shots were first fired, Roger Mudd and uh, Terry Drinkwater said that he did appear to have well, color and was alive. It's quite possible. By that time, he's under sedation, yes. too. Uh, there is one interesting discrepancy, it seems to be here, possible one. Uh, they say that this 25-year-old, curly-haired, uh, olive-skinned assailant uh, emptied uh, six shots from a revolver. Uh, well, we have four persons listed as injured and, uh, and three uh, uh, bullet wounds uh, with Senator Kennedy himself. Uh, either, either single bullets did an awful lot of damage in that room or there is a rather wide discrepancy in these Again, reports. As, as you know, better, I think, than anyone. Uh, early reports tend to be very erroneous. Uh, from what I can gather now, Senator Kennedy was hit just twice. The report that he had been hit in the hip apparently uh, is not confirmed by any of the later reports. Twice in the head, according to Frank Mankiewicz, uh, his press secretary.